0: Welcome to apartment 29A I'm Shosh and I'm Megan
1: and we're two best friends who have a lot to say
0: this week we are going to drink the breakfast blend tea by Fordham and Mason while we discuss the podcast America Dissected the book book lovers by Emily Henry and we'll close out the week talking about things we just couldn't stop thinking about this week, which for Shosh is the jelly exhibit update. And for me was the dinner on Blanc I attended yesterday. No, two days ago. <laughs> so Shosh, what do you think of breakfast blend tea?
1: I really like it. It's, I mean, I guess just sort of a standard black tea blend but it's really nice. I find it to be like very drinkable. There's Nothing specifically about it that I could tell you makes it nice or different, but I I just think it's really a good flavor and really enjoyable. So mm-hmm. I haven't, I hadn't had this one before, but Fordham and Mason in general, I mean, I trust to have fairly good teas and yeah, they definitely did not disappoint this time. What do
0: you think? I agree. I mean, it's definitely a black tea. And so for me, it has that like little tiny black tea bite that sometimes black teas get. I did leave it in probably a little longer than I should. They said three minutes. I'm sure it got at least four or five (laughs) just out of uh, a lack of attention on my part. Um, But it's very drinkable. I added a little bit of honey and some coconut milk because that's what I had in the house. And uh, now I really like it. Yeah, I added a bit of sugar and
1: milk as well. So, but yeah, I would definitely drink this again. Very Mm -hmm. nice
0: tea, I think. Yeah, I'm glad for my second bag.
1: Yes. <laughs> so only they it hadn't it been
0: a taster pack. I, I think it's a taster pack. Oh, so. Or if we had drank this before, you probably just went to Fordham and Mason. of did Just go to Fortum
1: Amazon. And, <laughs> and if I had known, I could have stocked us up, but next time. I'll know I'll know for next time.
0: Yeah. So all right, should we talk about this podcast? Yes, so this America Dissected is one I believe we've talked about before, but it was probably 50 or so episodes ago. It would have been a while. been I think it's been a while, yeah. Um, it's uh, unsurprisingly part of the Crooked Media family. My uh, favorite. This, yep, and this is an episode specifically about organ donation, and I learned so many things that I didn't know. Me too so much. Yeah. I mean I'm sure it's very US centric cuz I don't know how organs are handled in other countries. Same. I'm yeah. pretty sure
1: it is just in the US. I would imagine it's got to be somewhat similar but maybe hopefully
0: more efficient in other countries, oh, right? Yeah, it's scary to learn like I think they said 33 people essentially needlessly die every day waiting for an organ.
1: Yeah. The reason I was interested in discussing this episode is because I was honestly so shocked about all of the information. I mean, I know a lot of people die waiting for organs and I know that it never seems like there's enough, but I sort of thought that was more because there weren't organs available, which right. I know that in some cases that that is still the case there. Are, and there's a lot of considerations, like how far it has to travel and different things. Cause you know, over time they've, you know, done research to know when the, vi- the organs are most viable and stuff. So, I mean, there there are legitimate issues and concerns and things surrounding all of this stuff. But there was just so much about how the system is run and sort of the inefficiencies and different things that I was not aware from that really, I mean, it's kind of infuriating really mm-hmm. because you want to be like, but this is people's lives. right? And so, I don't know. I was really shocked and really sort of frustrated by the episode but also kind of glad to hear about it because
0: I honestly had no idea. Right, yeah, no, super good news, like, and super good reporting in terms of good meeting, well done, not good meeting. This is the happy news that we were hoping for. Um, But like, in, in some cases it all makes sense. So it is life or death. So it makes sense to me that the government would say, like, here's the contract. We recognize there's so much difficulty that goes in this. So just do your absolute best and we'll make sure you get paid. But I guess like when you study the system that has actually led to a bunch of inefficiencies and maybe lack of motivation to do your best. Well, and sort of some monopolies because
1: there used to be, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think it was like 20 something different companies or agencies or whatever that facilitated it and it's down to like seven or something like that Mm -hmm. because over time they've just all consolidated and so there's really no competition which not that there should be competition right in organ donation but I just mean there's no one pushing each other to do better be better there's it seems like a lack of um real regulation as well yeah so it's sort of I mean, I'm sure if people were grossly mishandling things, they would get closed down if it was, like, really bad. But there's nobody there over their shoulder being like, this is too inefficient. We can do better.
0: Mm -hmm. But hopefully
1: that's that's changing because they were talking about some stuff.
0: Yeah, because they were saying that they had done some research and, like, the best company is 470% more, like, effective and better at the job than the worst company. 470 how is that
1: even possible right
0: like how like how is that last company still in existence if other companies have figured out how to do it 470 percent better
1: i think it's because they were saying like each of the companies sort of operates in an area and they mm. don't necessarily work together or overlap much especially mm. with constraints on transport like travel of organs and things and so i think it's like if that's if you're in the one with the lowest efficiency nobody even knows because it's the only company operating right. to facilitate it's still the best any efficiency in your area stuff. yeah right Ooh, the yeah. other thing that really blew my mind was there's no sort of like regulation or rules about who runs some of these companies. And while I don't think it's happening often, because a lot of the people that are in charge are not actually doctors or in the medical field or anything, it's actually led to some sort of big mistakes Mm -hmm. that have had deadly consequences where, you know, like blood types, for example, have been misidentified and things. And it feels like they should be able to fix that like surely the person in charge of some of these things like at some point along the way there should be some doctors involved
0: yeah for sure or just like a checklist where you you know make sure here's you know you're looking for this blood type and this rhesus factor and you know whatever i'm now i'm just making stuff up about blood but um yeah would think there'd be like a checklist that you could easily just like check so that you maybe you don't even need to be a doctor but the doctor has approved the check. you know what i mean like yeah it's hard uh, to know because i
1: don't actually know it didn't go that in depth to know exactly how the mistakes happened yeah just just that part of the problem is that there weren't medical actual medical professionals that were involved in the decisions that were made that led to the problems Mm -hmm. um but yeah I don't know it did they were talking about some i think legislation that's going into place that's supposed to sort of help i think because it's going to hold people a little bit more accountable but still i don't know this is just another place where i'm like how has it even gotten to this like how is this even a thing how is it even like this what's going on in the world
0: do you right. know what i mean yeah it should be
1: something like organ donation
0: Right. And also like they had a part where I think they said that your organ, if you're on a, you know, organ transplant list and the organ is coming to you, it is still 15 more like 15 times more likely to get lost or damaged on its way to you than we are to lose our luggage on a flight. And how was is like, that possible right i was like how are we not like putting that like in between the seats between the pilots on the <laughs> issue well like, how are we that's not what i that, like super I don't know yeah, well that's what repair. I mean that's, that's part of what
1: I don't understand because I realize movies and tv shows are not real life but right. when you watch like Grey's Anatomy or something yeah. somebody stays with the organ I mean granted I think in one of the episodes they did misplace Morgan for a little bit but right. <laughs> and then they found it but I'm just saying like somebody is supposed to be assigned to it and it's supposed to i mean according to the shows it's supposed to have like a chain of custody so like one person can't hand it off until there is someone else to take it and it's signed off for and like you pass it over it's not like something that i don't know you just like ship with cargo on a plane or something (laughs) like aren't these like specially packed and labeled and personally
0: delivered like i just i don't understand some of the things that were happening in this episode right i don't either and I don't know if, like, we've seen, like, because, you know, there's the the company that's 470% better than the others. So maybe what we're seeing is the comp- the top company, the top-rated company, and the practices of the 470% worse company are literally, like, they slap up a USPS shipping label FedEx. on something, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, I, I,
1: I have know. no wow. idea. Yeah. But, I mean, that is possible. I mean, not that either one of us I don't think has ever really had much, you know, personal interaction or anything with any kind of organ donation, but they were saying that there are also discrepancies in some of the groups and types of people that are benefiting more than others. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically in line with the rest of the world, which is still very unfortunate. So again, maybe the areas that have the worst you know, care are the areas with lower income people or minority populations. Right. Which again is infuriating. What is happening? For sure. What is happening in the world?
0: Yeah. And I feel like, I think he even said this, like they've actually done a pretty good job of like getting each individual, like you and I, for instance, in the United States to have our license and have a little heart to be the organ donor. Because it's essentially like 3% 3% of all deaths, that's it. That's all you could do is 3% of Which the deaths is like have nothing organs you could use. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's some countries where it's opt out rather than opt in. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that's how it should be. Like, I'm not saying yeah. someone has to donate their organs, but I feel like most people just don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And also... I mean I'm sure that there are some people especially if it's religious reasons or some something that where they really wouldn't want their organs to but for the most part I feel like if you're dead you're not gonna need your organs anymore you're not even gonna know what's gonna happen to them you could be
0: saving somebody else Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but I it sounded like he felt the gentleman who was being interviewed felt like that part was actually pretty well taken care of the problem is like for the people who are donors, all the system that's set up afterwards is where the problem is really lying. Right. But I just,
1: it's so, f- so frustrating though, because I feel like it's disrespectful to the person who's willing to have their organ used, especially mm-hmm. because this is like sort of their last gift of their life. Right. So it's disrespectful to waste their organs or, you know what I mean, not ha- get your acts together on that end. And then it's the same for the person that you could be saving, right, like if you don't get them the organ and there's not that many organs available, then like you're sentencing them like it's a death sentence, especially mm-hmm. because if you get too too sick, you're no longer a candidate, right, so it's just it's so disrespectful on both sides mm-hmm. i just I don't know how I don't know people aren't more outraged and like attract right. together organ people,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I can totally understand like some of the rules that have been set up to make it as like generous and as possible for them. But just like you, like there does need to be standards. Like, I mean, you want to say like, because it is so important, we shouldn't need standards. Like everyone should be like, we're jumping over every hurdle because they want to, but once money gets involved and people get lazy about it, now we need standards.
1: Well, And I'm sure not all of it is just people not caring. I'm sure some of it is some places probably don't have the funds or Mm -hmm. the staffing, or they see that things are wrong, but they can't change the rules with how their company is set up. So there's no way to facilitate the things they want to, but it's still, like I said, for something so important feels like they should be able to figure this out. So yeah. It sounds like they're at least trying to do some stuff about it, which will make it a lot better. So fingers crossed, like moving forward, it'll be significantly better.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if you're interested in this, definitely check out the episode. It was a really, really good interview. Really well done. Really Mm eye-opening. America dissected. Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, unless you have any last thoughts on...
0: Uh, America Dissected, do you want to tell us all about Book Lovers? Book Lovers by Emily Henry. One summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. Nora Stevens' life is books. She reads them all, and she is not that type of heroine. Not the plucky one, not the laid-back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, the only people Nora is a heroine for are her clients, for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent and her beloved little sister, Libby. Which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August when Libby begs her for a sister's trip away. With visions of a small town transformation for Nora, who's who she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story. But instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor or bulging four-armed bartender, Nora keeps bumping into Charlie Lastra, a bookish, brooding editor from back in the city. It would be a, mute, a meet-cute if not for the fact that they've met many times and it's never been cute. If Nora knows she's not an ideal heroine, Charlie knows he's nobody's hero. But as they are thrown together again and again in a series of coincidences no editor worth their salt would allow, what they discover might just unravel the carefully crafted stories they've written about themselves. So good. It's so cute. I loved it. Me too. I
1: can't remember. I never went back and looked but when we decided to read this I couldn't remember if I had actually read any Emily Henry before but I loved it and I will definitely happily read more of hers I'm they're very popular books though I'm on the wait list for several books in (laughs) her catalog um And again, I never went back to actually search because I felt like when we started reading her, I felt like I had read her before, but then I started to wonder if I've just seen her around so much, but that I hadn't actually read her, but I really liked it. The writing was really clever. The book lovers book in particular, I really loved because it talked so much about book tropes and editing books. And just, you know, the book aspect in general, which, obviously, as a book lover, I really, really enjoyed.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she knows her craft very well. And so she could, like, interweave it in meta ways, but also in er the original trope ways, and both felt unique and justified. And
1: good hmm it felt good this book felt mm-hmm. just good all the way through and I feel like even if you didn't love books I mean most people who would be reading it would obviously be readers so clearly they have some appreciation for books but I just mean even if you are not a super giant reader I feel like you could still read this and maybe you wouldn't care as much about some of those little things that really sort of like tickled me while we were reading it because the story itself is just still really enjoyable even if you take away all those little extra bits.
0: Mm -hmm. Well I think it's a true testament that we both love this story because at least in that description Nora is the anti-hero that Shosh and I like the least one would say, like, uh, because she's closed off, she is very focused, blah, blah, blah. Except she never, I mean, she does, she she is that, but she never feels super cold either, because you're always seeing from her perspective, um, her love for her sister, her love for her clients, her, you know, love for herself um her mother plays a, a big role in this in this book so you've got a lot of intergenerational love as well as some trauma um uh, so yeah the fact that my whole point is the fact that like we both love this character and she is essentially the character we tend to like the least right. says that it's very well written definitely well especially because I mean,
1: obviously, as the book progressed, we liked her more and more because like with any story, it grows and you know more and you have more experiences with them and everything. But she wasn't one of those characters like a Nesta that you just instantly like hated basically and then had to sort of learn to love she wrote it in a way that even though you knew those things about her which we don't usually like you were still like oh she's not that bad Mm -hmm. and then it only got like better and better like Mm -hmm. I never felt like I hated her I mean clearly like with a lot of books especially good ones there are moments when you want to like yell at them or shake them and be like (laughs) just communicate or why would you do that or whatever but you know what I mean I never like really disliked her like sometimes when you have people in that category you're just
0: like are you serious I don't really love this person Mm -hmm. yeah and then Charlie I just fell in love with him from
1: the beginning me too I really really liked him and their whole story together Mm -hmm. I don't always I mean, you know, they kind of obviously fall into the sort of, like, enemies to lovers or whatever, which is another one. that I'm not saying I can never like a book with that, but I don't always love that either, depending on how mm-hmm. it's done. But I loved theirs. Like, this mm-hmm. might be one of the best sort of, like, enemies to lovers, I mean, I've ever read. Because mm-hmm. I don't always like that you know what I mean when they don't like each other I mean I know there always has to be like obstacles or things you know to give it to have a story but sometimes when they really don't like each other it's just like too much for me like Mm. why you guys gotta hate each other why you gotta be so mean whatever and their sort of like banter and relationship and stuff was just excellent
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I agree because and for me, a lot of times it depends on what they what they do and what they say when they hate each other. Because there are lines that get crossed. And then I'm like, I don't. I mean, it's great that you can forgive that, but ooh, I don't know, that's really what, hard. Should you? Me. Yeah. Um, but this one, like they just had really good banter and they had reason to, you know, dislike each other and to kind of be in competition with one another, but no one ever crossed that line to to be like either verbally or physically abusive like sometimes that's the line that gets crossed and i'm like i don't i don't know once that line is crossed i'm not sure it's great to you know it's one thing to forgive it's another thing to let him back into your life i don't know
1: so no i agree i agree i'm glad they there was no like line crossing in this Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And there was
1: like just enough tension to make it like really good without having like so much drama that you're like, are you kidding me? I just Mm -hmm. can't, I can't deal with this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying like drama is never good. Like obviously there are books where you get big dramatic things and it's great. But a lot of times, especially when you're kind of in the romance realm, I prefer it to be like the low key sort of easy drama where it's there and it plays an undercurrent and there's still something they have to overcome, but you don't ever just get that, like, I don't know, so much drama and so much tension because it just makes it like so much happier and nicer mm-hmm. to read.
0: Mm-hmm. And a little bit more like real life, like that drama that we get in our own lives, at least for me in my middle class, you know, white existence is, you know, oftentimes my drama is. Really? Why hadn't you told me that before? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, right. it's oftentimes, you know, why didn't you read this email? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Not
1: the crazy drama that sometimes shows up in books. Exactly. Which, so. again, sometimes, especially if you're in oh, the yeah. mood or if the mm-hmm. book is good enough, you know, those things can be great. But like For you sure. said, it's not always the most realistic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I feel Something about Emily Henry's books, like all of her titles, everything just says, read me on a plane. Like, I'm going (sighs) to be, (laughs) I'm going to have enough character development that you're going to love all my characters, there will be some drama. So it's like a little bit of escapism, but you're not going to I'm not going to be weeping on the plane. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I, I feel that. I see exactly what you're saying. It does kind of feel like a vacation read. It's like one of those things where you're like, this is going to be easy. This is going to be enjoyable. And also, it I can probably finish this on vacation because it's going to be so easy and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally get that, like a plane or a vacation read.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I mean, looking
1: forward to reading more of hers really good.
0: Yes. And I think maybe it's her titles because she's got one called Beach Read, which I haven't read yet. Um, People We Meet on Vacation, which I did read and is good. She has a book called Layover. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> <So maybe laughs> well, she knows. she's got a theme. Yeah. <laughs> maybe That's I'm funny. the one who's slow to realize. You know what I mean? Like the author's like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so definitely five stars
1: yes I agree definitely five stars worth reading for sure
0: awesome Josh do you want to give us an update on the jelly exhibit yeah I do so
1: sorry if anyone's (laughs) tired about hearing about the jelly exhibit because I know I've talked about it before but it's just so much is happening with it now so much is moving I'm getting really excited about it so I just can't help but basically gush about it so i'm super pumped because finally stuff's starting to come together it's starting to actually look like an exhibit i mean we're still a ways away but it's been so much planning and waiting mm-hmm. up until like this seeing point. everything on like
0: a piece of paper and now you're like it's in a room well, right well <laughs> and like
1: the chrysles came but they were all in gigantic boxes and we couldn't put them into place yet cause like the stands still needed prep work. And then the big one had to be professionally lifted and we were waiting on them for when they could move it. It wasn't on our schedule, you know? So like, there's just been so many things that have to happen in sequence or that are just out of our control. And so it's just finally stuff is like really starting to move quickly and it's like taking shape and I'm getting so excited. So on the small side, I'm super excited because we got one of our signs put up and it's fluorescent purple and I love
0: it. It's beautiful.
1: It's so fun. It's so fun. I'm just basically a big dork, but they got purple for me because purple's my favorite color. <laughs> um, and so it's really, really great and that was the first thing that kind of went in that made it start feeling real it was like even though it was like such a small thing and nothing else was really in place yet it just like changed the feel of the whole room and I was like oh my gosh this is like a real thing that's happening even though it was like such a small thing and now like in a short period of time we've progressed way past that so now we have the three main stands in we still have more that have to come, but the the big ones in the main part. Mm -hmm. um, And this past week, the people came in to move the big Chrysal, and that was a huge job. It took, like, over five hours, so they had to come in at five, like, as we were closing. They had to build scaffolding, and they had to use this small crane that can fit in a building. They had to crane it up from their lower floor onto the floor of the exhibit because it was too big to fit in our lifts, and then they had to unpackage it, and obviously, it's very heavy, so then they had to move it and then get it onto the stand.
0: Amazing. so...
1: It it took them, like, they started, I think, at five o'clock, and I think everyone went home around, like, 1130 at night, I think, was when they finally left, so, um, but it's amazing. I came in and freaked out. I also just really love how the perspective of everything changes, so, like, when I saw it on paper and I knew the dimensions, I'm like, this is a big chrysal. Then they sent us some update photos, and they showed us a picture of it but it was in like this giant warehouse just like on its own. And it looked kind of small, but I was like, oh, well it's in this big open warehouse. Like I'm sure it's just the perspective because it just kind of looked, I mean, it looked like bigger than a normal Chrysler but I mean, it just kind of looked like a normal Chrysal. Then the shipping crates came and clearly the crate was much larger than the other ones but I was still like, oh, it feels kind of small. But again, that was because I think it was like outside in front of the building. Oh, and, right. then, and then it was like inside, but in like a gigantic room, just like with other crates. So I was like, oh, I mean, I don't want to say I was like disappointed, but I was just like, you know, oh, this just doesn't quite seem what I thought it was going to be and now it's in place and when I walked in (laughs) and saw it I was like oh my gosh it's (laughs) giant
0: and then when you put like little tiny jellies in it you're
1: like oh my gosh (laughs) uh yeah as a matter of fact so I've been trying to raise jellies to go in it and I have three the three biggest chrysals I have full of jellies to fill it and I literally said to my boss I was like I thought we would be fine with three I mean I didn't have space for more uh, to grow up more under my current like scenario, you know yeah n- yeah but well yeah with, with just everything that's happening that was the only space I had so it's not like I could have done more but I was like um I thought it was gonna be fine but I was like it's really big and I was like I think we're gonna need more so I think <laughs> we might have to buy some to supplement what I've already been doing because I was like I just think it's not gonna be enough now I was joking. Wow. I was like, okay, so when I have to clean it, you guys can just drop me in and I'll clean the windows and then you can pull me out. But then my one colleague was like, no, you're not allowed to go in it. Nobody can touch it. Don't scratch it. Which I appreciate. We need the to ray. keep it nice. And I was totally joking, but yeah, But wow. I'm, I'm very excited about it because it's like what? I said, it's finally taking shape and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. This is real. I'm getting a new exhibit. So that's my update. I'm super pumped.
0: I have a random question. What's sure. the lighting going to be like in the exhibit?
1: Like dark like, or so, light
0: or cycle? Yes.
1: So, m- well, mostly dark ish the jellies themselves the majority of them don't have any lighting requirements they don't need any kind of light at all so it's just aesthetic lighting Mm -hmm. there are some species that do require light because they have a symbiotic relationship with so sort of like corals so they will will need light and so i have one chrysal where that is planned but it's you'll actually see it from the outside like it'll kind of be at the entrance of the exhibit so Mm. the lighting will sort of be away from the rest of it we'll have the one exhibit which will actually require light and will have pretty intense light that will be kept away sort of from the rest of the stuff all the other ones the overall room will be kind of dark then there will be specific lighting on the jellies to highlight them as well as we have some areas where you'll be able to see sort of the life support and kind of inner workings that aren't always on display and so those will probably get like a colored light or something so that it's visible but not as obvious if that makes sense but so it'll it'll mostly just be aesthetic lighting they won't there are no specific requirements cool i'm very lucky in that respect with jellies i don't have to worry about you know light cycles for times of years or mm-hmm. <laughs> you know getting certain um like lighting levels for the most mm-hmm. part like I said the majority of the jellies is just whatever we need slash want is fine so nice, it makes it a bit easier for me
0: yeah I was actually thinking maybe the opposite that they like not that they wanted light but that they might actually prefer the dark mm. um, and so I was like what is that like <laughs> Yeah, no, most of them don't
1: care or have any preference so yeah I think that we're putting in color change lights so Mm. if we want I think we'll have the ability especially if it's like say a special occasion you know like I don't know if we'll do it but for example like if it's Valentine's Day we could make you know some of them red or something granted it depends on which jellies some jellies do better with colored lights than others like moon jellies because they're essentially clear for example you can put any color light on them and they look cool sometimes people even have like rainbow lights like where the the light will just change through like cycle through different colors um but like a lot of the sea nettles and stuff especially if they already have color to them you know you don't necessarily want to put a colored light on them because then it just makes them look weird (laughs) so it'll it'll depend on the species and stuff but it should be good it'll give us like lots of options Good. yeah all right do you want to tell us about your dinner on blanc
0: yeah, so the Dinner on Blanc is, uh, it's an, at this point, it's an organization. It was started originally in Paris by, I think, a group of friends who just wanted to dress up in, like to dress up, and they all chose uh, to just dress up in white. And then they went to the Eiffel Tower. Um, And uh, then I think they did that a couple of times getting bigger and bigger and bigger until they actually turned into an organization Um, and now it's all over the world in different places and there's one in San Diego Uh, it's a very fun event you what you know you're doing so you you pay for a ticket essentially you don't know where you're going other than somewhere in the city in which you have purchased your your ticket so i knew it was going to be in san diego but that's it you dress up all in white so they want everything to be white shoes everything um you can either pay extra and have food provided for you or you can take your own food so we took our own food um you cannot take alcohol but again you can purchase alcohol there if you want um, and um, then you like there are awards and stuff for the best decorated table so you can take your table decorations all of which of course need to be white um hmm. I don't know exactly you know this if there's any significance to the color white other than this is what they started with and so they just went with it uh, but this was the 10-year anniversary of them being in oh, okay. So last year was my first year. There was which so it was right after COVID, so they kept it pretty small. There was like maybe twelve hundred people. And this year Just because still it was a lot, it was a lot, and it was outside though, and because we were like in a big park, it never felt that big. Um, and interestingly, they found a bigger place this year because it was ten year anniversary. So there were three thousand people. But they found, we were all on wow. this pier in San Diego. It's called um, Broadway Pier. And it's the pier where if you are taking a cruise out of San Diego, you'll go to that that pier and that's where you'll dock and load. Uh, there were no that's cruise cool. ships. And yeah, but uh, so we were all on this pier and um, in the back, like right on the water, They set up a Ferris wheel. They had a dance, um, a band, excuse me, with a dance floor. Um, And then there were, you know, multiple photo booths. So super fun. Um, Me and five other women that were in my choir with me, we've been doing, we, we call ourselves the meat sweats crew because we like to eat and we like to eat lots of food when we go out and we jokingly talk about eating a lot of protein um though vegetarians are fine we don't we, we eat a lot of vegetables do um and yeah so this is the second year and it was just so much fun um it, it was a little rowdier this year than last year just in the sense that like i could see people walking around with like you know you have this beautiful white dress with red dribbles from the wine that oh they, no <laughs> like, like oh okay ladies and
1: gentlemen maybe white isn't the best
0: choice Yeah, like maybe choose white wine I don't know what to tell you Um, oh man I'd hate to be that person
1: that spilled the red wine Mm. on my white dress exactly it sounds so fun though it's like such an interesting Mm. idea I mean the white is an interesting color choice like I don't know why white but it's just fun that everybody does so much Mm -hmm. in the same theme and goes Mm -hmm. to the same place so sounds super fun a lot of work though really to make sure that you're prepared for
0: it but Mm -hmm. it sounds like it's worth it especially if it's only like once a year yeah just once a year we did a masquerade theme so we all had masks um with my little group um and it's interesting i mean i cannot imagine putting this on because there's 3000 people, all of whom park in different places around the area around San Diego, because you still don't know where you're going. Like we didn't drive to the pier, we drove to a parking lot, (laughs) where then this year, we got on a trolley that they had rented out, and the trolley took us downtown. So we could get and then we walked like three blocks to the pier. Um, But you even on the trolley, we still were like, We don't know where we're going. Where are we We going? You Um, know
1: what, though? Like, definitely logistically, that makes it difficult because you have to coordinate a lot. But in some ways, it actually makes it easier because you don't need one parking lot that can hold like mm -hmm. 3,000 people. You can like spread everybody out and, you know what I mean? Sort of get them all to come from different locations and mm-hmm. things but it's still it would still be a lot of work but I sort of like that surprise element of it yes. it's like really cool you had no idea until basically yep. the last
0: minute yeah so yeah we had no idea and then even when we got there I was like is this it is this where we're going but then you see all you know everyone who's already there is also dressed all in white, in white. Like, yeah fine this is it So super fun if you get the opportunity.
1: What kind of food is their food like? Is it worth like trying to get their sort of catered one or is it not really worth it and it's better to just like bring your own?
0: I honestly don't know because we've never looked at the food options. We've always just brought our own. I think because the food options seemed just more expensive than necessary. So I don't know.
1: I was just curious, because there's definitely good things about both. Mm -hmm. I mean, on one hand, it's a lot more work for you guys if you have to figure out your decorations and your outfits and food and all of that kind of stuff. So it would maybe be easier to just let them sort of cater it for you. And then on the other hand, it's just like one more kind of fun thing, because it's like a pitch in and then also it's less money. So Mm -hmm. it could also be good. So I I just wasn't really sure. You know which way
0: that sort of went but mm-hmm. yeah we just always brought our own food because you know like I just brought fruit salad so it was super easy for me you like I actually out. felt pretty guilty I was like well everybody else said they wanted to bring these really fancy things and the only thing that was left was salad and like one of our main courses actually was like had salad and, like and I was like so I'm not gonna bring vegetable salad other salad No, <laughs> so I'm gonna bring fruit
1: no you got lucky. That would yeah. that would be the course I would want.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. Or maybe dessert. Mm-hmm. That's what I brought last year. Fun. We had creme brulee this year, so they had Ooh. my friend had brulee creme. Yeah, so good.
1: That's amazing. I can't wait to see some pictures. You're yeah. definitely going to have to share some with me. I will. I'll
0: send them your way.
1: Because last year it looked really fun, and it
0: sounds like this year was even better, so... Yep. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. That's the end of our show today. If you have any questions, comments, you can find us at Instagram at apartment29a. That's apartment spelled all the way out 29 nine a, or you can email us at apt29a at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Yes. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.